Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, March 8th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Time to take a look at What's What near you. App-based food delivery workers in the city might get a wage increase. Currently, employees earn just above $14 an hour. But a new proposal that was revised yesterday could increase the average hourly wage to $17.96 this year. The goal of the new rule is to ensure that workers would be paid $19.96 per hour by 2025. That would establish pay equity between delivery drivers and Uber and Lyft drivers. The original proposal back in November would have increased wages to nearly $24 an hour. But after a public comment period, the amount was revised. The updated rule will now be turned over for another public hearing in April. Employees at the City University of New York are asking for a new contract. Their demands for a new deal include increased pay and work flexibility. The request comes from the Professional Staff Congress Union that represents around 30,000 CUNY staff members. More New Yorkers can now make their morning commute waterborne with a new ferry route. Starting today, people will be able to hop on at Bay Ridge in Brooklyn and travel up the water to Wall Street in Manhattan. The new route will run every morning during the weekdays. The cost per ride is $4. Happy Holi! The Hindu festival is celebrated today. Holi honors good triumphing over evil. One of the biggest traditions involves throwing colored powders everywhere. New York City is getting in on the fun with festivities of its own. Waterline Square Park is hosting a Bollywood dance performance today from 4 to 6 p.m. Tailgate NYC is also hosting a festival this Saturday. They recommend wearing a white shirt since Holi tends to get very colorful. Today is also International Women's Day. March 8th recognizes women's achievements and pushes for further inclusion. To celebrate, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey is hosting a musical performance at the Oculus. An all-female ensemble will start performing at 1 p.m. Mayor Adams also hosted a celebration at City Hall earlier today. Laurie Cumbo, New York City Department of Cultural Affairs Commissioner, spoke about the importance of female representation in government. You are really seeing a revolution in terms of women on every level of government are stepping up and leading in ways never imagined. We are certainly our ancestors' wildest dreams. Mayor Adams then unveiled Elena de Rivero's artwork, Home Address. Her piece will be displayed in City Hall to commemorate the historical hard work of women. New Broadway musical Shucked opens for previews tonight. It's a musical comedy all about corn. Tony Award winner Robert Horn and Grammy Award winning duet Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally have joined forces to tell a story about community in a divided country. Shucked will be open to the public from April 4th at the Nederlander Theatre. And we have some light entertainment history for you in honor of International Women's Day. In 1970, feminist icon Diana Ross performed her first solo concert after leaving the Supremes in Massachusetts. And in sports, I guess all good things must come to an end. The New York Knicks lost their nine-game winning streak last night to the Charlotte Hornets, 112-105. to Knicks players are saying that they feel exhausted after playing double overtime against the Celtics earlier this week, something the Hornets gladly took advantage of. The Knicks will try to restart the streak tomorrow when they play the Sacramento Kings. Elizabeth Seton Hospital in Yonkers has been a home for kids with complex medical conditions for over 30 years. The residential centre has given them a chance to not only survive, 
but to thrive and pursue a full life. In the first part of this two-part series, WFUV's Nicoletta Papavasilakis walked us through the one-of-a-kind care provided at Elizabeth Seton Hospital. In part two, Nicoletta sits down with the hospital's CEO, Pat Tercy, and international spokesperson, Stephanie Gabbard. They talk about what the hospital is doing to support young people who have aged out of the pediatric facility but still require care. Stephanie Gabbard moved to Elizabeth Seton Children's Hospital when she was a baby. Ever since then, she and the hospital CEO, Pat Tercy, have shared a special bond. I met Pat when I was two years old. And that's how she became my princess. Yes. Tercy watched Gabbard grow up, and together, they watched the hospital evolve. Tercy says that over the years, more kids have been outliving the life expectancies of their childhood illnesses. When I came, we used to um, not see that, and it was always so very sad. And now we have this wonderful gift where our children are maturing and, you know, transitioning to young adults. But once children grow out of the pediatric system, they have nowhere to go. Their only choice is to move into geriatric facilities. When Gabad turned 20, the fear of leaving her home started to set in. I was afraid that I would end up in a nursing home. It doesn't really help young adults like like us and like me and my friends. Right now, there are no medical centers geared towards young adults. Tracy says that geriatric facilities are not suited to their needs. She calls this the aging out crisis. Adult practitioners have never experienced these childhood diseases because the kids didn't live that long. So one is just understanding how to care for a child that's now a young adult. And then secondly, I think that the nursing homes themselves aren't really equipped and don't have the funding and the support and all the resources. Tercy says it never felt right discharging the kids in the first place. How can you look a parent in the eye and say, okay, We've cared for your child for, you know, many instances. It's their lifetime, 21 years. They came as babies. So to say, you know, now you're sort of on your own, that fear for parents was just so agonizing. 30% of young adults that went on to senior facilities did not survive past the first year of living. It got to a point where Tercy said enough was enough. I can really vividly remember it and at a memorial for one of our young adults who um, passed and spoke with his mom and the staff and we just sort of committed that we're just never going to do it again. And since then, Tercy has kept that promise. There are now 25 young adults, including Gabad, living at the Children's Hospital. But she knows there's a need for change. Now, Tercy and Gabad are working to build the nation's first young adult care facility. The excellence and the quality of life and the care can't end when you turn 21. The new center comes at a cost of $30 million, and raising this money wasn't easy. We really worked hard about you know, getting the word out, getting people to rally behind this. Tercy says getting this word out couldn't have been done without Gabad. As the international spokesperson, Gabad is the voice of Elizabeth Seen's kids. Tercy says it's a role that she takes very seriously. Because she's able to express what some of our children are only able to express through facial expressions, gestures, but, you know, to actually be able to verbalize and express the feelings, Stephanie's one of our few residents that can do that. Kabad says she is building her dream home.
When the facility is complete in 2024, it will house almost 100 young adults. It is also a pilot program for New York. There, they'll collect data to replicate similar care centers throughout the state. For Tersey, this is money well spent. And Gabad says a weight has been lifted off her shoulders. It took, like, my whole anxiety away. Oh, it's just, it's just a blessing and a, a miracle to be here and to be healthy. With WFUV News, I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. That was WFUV's Nicoletta Papavasilakis talking about Elizabeth Seaton Children's Hospital in Yonkers and the work they're doing to support young people. If you missed part one, you can listen to it at WFUVnews.org. And that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Masetta. And I'm Maya Sargent. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.